everyone, welcome to the King's Arms Online. It's so great to be together again. Uh, my name is Ra and this is Wendy. Yay, we're hosting together today. Um, I don't know about you, but I loved the Johnson Family Bundle last Sunday, um, particularly the point where Zach falls on PJ. And uh, we did wonder whether we could come up with something entertaining for you to welcome you to church today. Um, we wondered if we could do a little dance, choreograph a routine. Um, sadly, we ran out of time. So we, we haven't got anything to show to you, but maybe we could do that another time. <laughs> maybe. Um, welcome to you if it is your first time here today. It is so great to have you with us. We are going to have some worship and a few announcements, and then we're going to have Phil Wilfie come and speak to us. Yeah, and also a massive happy Father's Day to all the dads joining us. We're going to have an opportunity to celebrate you throughout the rest of the service. Uh, but for now, we're going to worship, and we're going to start by watching a video that fixes our attention on our ultimate father you know whether today is a really fun day for you because you get to celebrate your amazing dad or whether it's a hard day because you never knew your dad or you had a difficult relationship with your dad or maybe your dad's no longer here the great truth for us is that we have an ultimate father whose love for us never changes and so i want to encourage us let's open our hearts to receive his love afresh as we watch this video I have known you since before you were born and knit you together in your mother's womb. I have had a plan for, for you from before the beginning of time. My plans are good. My love is unconditional. I will always love you. Nothing you do will make me love you less. And nothing you can do will make me love you more. Nothing can separate you from my love. I made all the delicate inner parts of your being. I made your heart. I see what breaks your heart. And I have collected your tears. I'm your dad. I know how to comfort you. I will comfort you when you are in trouble. I will rejoice with you when you rejoice. I am your provider. You don't need to worry or be anxious about not having enough. I will provide. I know every detail about you. Your days are numbered before me. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You long for acceptance when you're already accepted into my family. I'm so proud of you and can see myself in you. I love you and I want you to know my love for you, to feel it deep in your heart. As you do, my joy will bubble up inside of you. I'm your daddy who loves you, beautiful child. Hi folks, as we gather today in homes across Bedford and beyond, I wanted to take just a little moment before we start worship to remind us of how far we've come and how far God's brought us. You know, we may not have seen each other for a while now, at least not face to face, but the reality is that in Christ, we are all one family. We might not even have known each other, but because of Jesus, we get to call each other brothers and sisters. And I think that's amazing. Here's what Ephesians has to say about it. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, without hope and without God in the world. That's bad news. But 
Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's good news. For in him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And listen to this. In him, the whole building, that's us, the church, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God, as we gather to worship, we just take a moment to thank you for your work of reconciliation, that Jesus, when you died, you didn't just take away our sin, you didn't just defeat death, but you reconciled us. You won us back to you, back to the Father and back to each other, that we cannot be separated by anything anymore, that you have won the victory once and for all, and we celebrate your victory today. We celebrate everything you've won for us. We celebrate your success and that you reign supreme. You are king over all things. We glorify you, Jesus. Let's worship.
yes you are. 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 Yes you
our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus our affection our devotion Yeah. 
become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us Open to the sun. We open, we open, we open our hearts to you. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just want to say that you really are welcome here. We love your presence. We love it when you come. And Father, we're just so grateful for your love for us that never changes. And Holy Spirit, we just pray, would you fill us afresh with the Father's love so that we could know him more as our dad, also so that we can take God's love out with us wherever we go, whatever, wherever we have influence. Thank you for your presence with us, God. Amen. 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 Well, want to welcome you if you've joined us partway through the worship. It's great to have you with us at the King's Arms. Just to say, if you want to connect with us at the end of the meeting, you can click on our coffee and chat and we would love to see you there. Please do join us. 
Um, and also, if you want prayer for anything throughout the meeting, please just click on the live prayer button because our online hosts would really love to pray for you. Well, as we said at the beginning of the meeting, it is Father's Day today. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to celebrate our fathers in the community. And so we put together this short video. Let's take a look. I love my dad because he looks after me and he's an amazing father. I love dad because he always plays chess with me and I and he tucks me in. Oh, I love my dad because he tucks me in at night. <laughs> I love my dad because he gives me yummy snacks. Dad, um, I love how you encourage myself and Mike in our walks with God and how you love us and our children so unconditionally. And you are the best daddy a girl could ever ask for. I love my dad because of his generosity and his caring and loving nature. He's one of my favourite people in the whole world and I always want to be like him. Um, so what I really love about my dad is just how servant-hearted he is and how he always um, puts the family's needs before his own. My name is Caitlin and my daddy is kind and strong and my hero. I love my dad because he is the most patient and generous person that I know. His faith for the supernatural is inspiring and his prayer life shows me what it looks like to pray unceasingly. And he's really cheeky. My name's Phil, my dad's called Rob and I really love him because he is courageous and he's determined and he really loves Jesus and that's rubbed off on me. So my dad is not just a wise man, but I think he's quite intelligent. I call him my Google search engine because when I need answers to stuff, I just type it in and he has the answers. <laughs> it's great to celebrate our dads, isn't it? Why don't we just take this moment to uh, pray for them. If they're in the room, why don't you gather around them and uh, I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you are an amazing dad to us and we thank you for our dads today. We thank you that they are such a blessing to us. We yeah. thank you for how they love us, how they take care of us, how they protect us. Um, and we just pray for an amazing day of celebration and honouring our dads. Amen. 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 Well, I don't know about you, one of the things I am really missing about not gathering together as a church family is seeing everyone's lovely faces. And so I have loved it when we've done the little photo challenges where we've send, sent the photos in and we're able to watch people. I think we've done waving and pulling silly faces. Well, we're going to do it again, but we're going to do a slightly different theme and that is superhero poses. And so I want you to get ready. Uh, we're going to give you a few seconds in just a minute to take a picture of yourselves in a superhero pose. Now, it could be any kind of pose. Ra's gonna demonstrate various options. Well, I'm Captain Marvel, so. Okay. Hands on hips, you could do crossed arms, flying pose, whatever it looks like. Um, and so we're gonna take a photo of us in our superhero poses and send those photos in to media at kingsarms.org and then we'll have the joy of watching each other. So, are you ready? Get up off your chair, get the whole household involved. On your marks. Get set. Go.
Nailed it. Nailed it. Brilliant. Can't wait to see all of your photographs. Um, now we're going to take up the offering. This is our opportunity to give in to all that God's doing among us as a church family. So you can click on the give button that's coming up on your screen. And we just want to thank you so much for your ongoing generosity. Well, now it's from one pair of superheroes to another hero in the King's arms and an amazing father, not just to his own kids, but to many in our church family. Feel wealthy. Well, hello. Thanks so much for joining us today and happy Father's Day to all the fathers joining us today. And if you're wondering why I just ran an after eight down my face very successfully, I might add, then you need to watch our family service today on Father's Day because there is a special Father's Day challenge for all the men out there. If you can do it as well as me, then you're onto a good thing. And, uh, you know, today is a really special day and I was very, very fortunate to have grown up in a family where my dad loved me and was an amazing example of what Jesus looked like in the home. And dad, I just want to say if you're watching today, I love you and thank you. Thank you for loving me and for showing me what God looks like. And I hope you have a great day today. And also to my own kids. Uh, Lauren and Sam, I love you guys and it's been the biggest privilege in the world to be your dad and you make me proud every single day. I love you very, very much. And to all of you men out there who may not necessarily be natural fathers yet, but you are spiritual dads, you're men that have an influence in the world, I want to say happy Father's Day to you as well. And the truth is that we are, we are made to reflect the glory of God in the world. And Father's Day is just a wonderful moment to remember what he is like and how we are meant to reflect God in the world. So I hope you have a great day today. And we are right in the middle of a teaching series called Pictures of the Church. And in this series, we are looking at what the Bible has to say about the church of Jesus Christ. And right throughout the pages of Scripture, we get these uh, incredible uh, metaphors and descriptions of what the church is like. The church is like a bride. The church is like an army. The church is like a body. And today we come to this subject of the church as family. Now this picture is different than the others in that the church is not just like a family, the church is family. We are the family of God himself. God is described as our heavenly father. We are his children. The church is not just like a family, the church is the family. The church is the ultimate family. It's God's family. And because we are his kids, that means that if you are part of his church, then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so this is a powerful picture of what the church is meant to be like and is like in reality. So we're going to be looking at this subject today. And, you know, I remember many times in our lives where we have not needed the church to be like an organization or like an army, or like a missions agency, or a discipleship um, outpost, what we've really needed is the church to be like family to us. And there have been so many moments where we have discovered the power of family in our lives. Uh, many of you will know right now my wife has been long-term sick with chronic fatigue, 
and she has not been able to do a lot of things this past year or so and we have just been overwhelmed time and time again at the kindness of our church family and that's happened many times in our life i remember years and years ago when carol my wife was pregnant with our second child and around four months she was told by the doctors that she needed bed rest for the duration of the rest of the pregnancy or she would lose the baby and at the time we had a one-year-old toddler little lauren and I was going to work, I was commuting every day, and it was one of those, how are we gonna make this work? The, the nearest immediate family member was over 300 miles away, so we had no immediate family around us, and we were like, how are we gonna do this? And that was a moment where we discovered the power of church family. And so for six months, people cooked us a meal every single day. We were provided free childcare from the church every single day. Uh, someone came from the church and cleaned our house and we were just overwhelmed by the love of brothers and sisters coming around us in that season and it was powerful the church is powerful when it's working right and so we're going to look at one of the Bible's picture of family and it's found in Ephesians and chapter 2 and we're going to dive into some of Ephesians chapter 2, but the summation of our passage today is Ephesians 2 verse 19, where the Apostle Paul, who's writing to his friends in the Ephesus church, says this, So now you Gentiles, which means non-Jews, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You are members of God's family. So let's just learn some lessons from this passage, this part of Ephesians chapter 2 about being the family of God. So the first thing that we discover is how we join the family of God. How do we join this family in the first place? Well, if you dive back into verse 13 of chapter 2 in Ephesians, this is what we read from Paul. He says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. How do we join the family of God? Well, quite simply, Paul says, you join the family by uniting your life with Christ. By his blood, you are brought into union with him and you become part of God's family. Elsewhere, in John's Gospel, John 1 verse 12 John writes this, but to all who believed in Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. John is saying at that very moment that we believe in Jesus, we are spiritually born again. We undergo a second birth and we are born into the new reality of God's family. You know, when my children were both born, they had no choice about the family they were born into. They were born Wilfews. At that moment that they took their first breath, they were Wilfews. They were born in to a family unit and it's the same spiritually. The moment that you believe in Jesus and put your faith in him, you are birthed into God's global family called the church. That's your new reality. It's the way into this family. And the truth is that our 
Belonging to church family has nothing anymore to do with our circumstances or our experiences or our background or our differences, but our belonging to the church family is all based around our union with Christ. Christ is the reason that we are family. With all of our different stories and different experiences and different perspectives sometimes, what unites us is that we are the family of God through Christ. Christ is the way that we join the church, by believing in him, by making him the boss of our lives, by saying, I'm no longer following my own way, Jesus, but I'm believing in you. And at that moment, you join God's family, the church. And I remember my moment that I was reborn spiritually, where I gave my life to Christ. I was just six years old. I remember praying in my mother's bed uh, at night before I went to sleep, and we simply prayed a very short prayer, and I invited Jesus to come into my life. And that was my experience. There were no bells or whistles or angelic encounters. I didn't get any fuzzy feelings, but I made a decision. I believe in Jesus and I'm giving my life to him. And it changed my life from that moment on as a little six-year-old. My wife's experience is very, very different. She as a 16-year-old was not a believer, came from a family of atheists where no one believed in God. And one day she was in the middle of some woods with the gang that she was a part of and she looked around and she thought to herself, there has to be more to life than this. And she looked at the people that were, were uh, drunk and they just vandalized some stuff and she thought, there has to be more to life than this. And so she took herself off in the woods to a place where she could get on her knees and pray and she prayed and she said, God, if you are real, I have to know. And she said in that moment, she felt this incredible presence and incredible peace just fill the woods and fill her body. She said she sobered up instantly and without a doubt, she knew from that moment, God is real. And that started for her the journey of giving her life to Jesus. Here's the truth. Whether you have a very quiet, non-demonstrative experience like I did as a six-year-old or whether you are on your knees, desperate and crying out to know God and you've got no Christian background. At that moment, both of us experienced the life change. We were reborn on the inside and we became part of God's family. Friends, if you don't know Jesus yet, I'd invite you in today to come and make that decision. On this Father's Day, why, do you, why don't you invite your heavenly Father to come and father you from this moment on in your life? He loves you. He knows you. He made you. Make a step today to put your trust in Jesus because this is the way we join his family. So the second question then is, who is part of this family? Who is part of this family? And Paul continues his teaching in Ephesians 2 and in verse 14 we read this, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Paul says this family, the church, is made up of both Jews and non-Jews called Gentiles. Now, remember, Paul is writing to believers in Ephesus, which is a predominantly Greek-speaking city. And he is explaining to them that they, just because they're not Jewish, 
doesn't mean that they are somehow second-class citizens in God's church. And they may well have been comparing themselves with their Jewish counterparts. And after all, the, the gospel, the church first started amongst the Jews. The church was born in Jerusalem. Jesus was a Jew. And so it may well have been that Paul is writing to people who thought of themselves in somehow a second class way. But he's saying, no, 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 no. You need to hear the truth of the good news of the gospel. When Jesus came, he broke down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile and he's made one family. He's made one new humanity in Christ Jesus. All those things that used to separate people from one another have now gone because in Christ he's made us one. This is such a powerful truth. And it's interesting just to note that the early church was actually born into an incredibly racially divided context. Jerusalem uh, in the, the first century was an incredibly divided city. Obviously, Israel was an occupied nation. They were occupied by the Romans. And the Jews and the Romans did not like each other, but also you had the Greek speakers and then the Gentiles, and they would all keep themselves to themselves. There was very strict segregation, and there was a lot of comparison and a lot of judgment between different people groups. It was a very racially divided city. And in that context, the church is born. And if you know the story in Acts chapter 2, the church is born in this powerful moment where the Holy Spirit is poured out, on the, the, the first apostles, they spill out of the upper room where they've been meeting and Peter starts preaching the first ever sermon about Jesus. And he is preaching to a massive crowd of people who've gathered for the Feast of Pentecost. And they have come from all different nations to celebrate Pentecost. And the Bible says on that day, 3,000 people were added to the very first church. And so immediately, right from the start, God begins to demonstrate his desire to break down racial uh, disunity and division and create one new humanity. Right from the start, the church was multilingual, people from many different backgrounds and nations. And so Paul here is reinforcing that to the Ephesians. He's saying the church is made up of incredibly diverse people who found a unity in Christ. And it's interesting when you look at the temple in uh, first century Jerusalem, because the temple, the place of worship for Jews, was an illustration of how divided people were from one another. And the closer you got into the centre of the temple, the holier it was, until you got to the Holy of Holies, which is where the Ark was, where the high priest, the Jewish high priest, could go once a year to offer a sacrifice. That was the holiest of holies. And as you got towards the outer courts, it got less holy. And so on the outer courts, you had the court of the Gentiles, where non-Jews were allowed to come and worship. But they weren't allowed to go any further in than the outer court. In fact, there were signs written in, uh, in Greek and in Hebrew that were warnings that if a Gentile was to step foot into a holier place reserved only for Jews, then the penalty for that trespass was death. And this is the picture of a division in worship. 
But what we know happens in the gospel is that God in Jesus breaks down every hostile barrier that used to stand between people. And now we can all come to our heavenly father. We can all come into the holiest place and worship him and talk to him and fellowship with God and know him personally. This is such a powerful reality. The writer to the Hebrews puts it this way, Hebrews 10, 19. He says that now we can have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened up for us through the curtain of his body. In the church, there are no second class citizens. In his family, there is no one who is greater or lesser than anyone else. We are we were all equally lost and we've now been equally found. We were equally far from God and now we've been equally loved and forgiven by him. Our unity has nothing anymore to do about our race, our ethnicity, our background, our age, our experiences. Our oneness is now found in Christ. Who belongs to this family? We all do <laughs> from many different backgrounds. And actually this is to the glory of God. Ephesians 3.10 says that God's purpose now through the church was to show his manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers. He shows his wisdom through people who are very different and yet have joined together in one family. And then lastly, what does it mean to be part of church family? Well, Paul finishes in verse 19 where we started. He says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Um, notice the language Paul uses here. It's the language of citizens and members. What does it look like to be part of the church? You become a member. You become a citizen. You're part of something. Notice that he doesn't say the church family is like those who attend a meeting and fill a pew on a Sunday morning. That's not belonging to church. That's attending a church. Belonging to a church, says Paul, is about being a member, being a citizen, being part, being someone who belongs. And ultimately, belonging in the church is not about a tick list of do's and don'ts. Belonging in the church is about relationship. It's about friendships. It's about loving people. It's about doing life with people. It's about having friendships and having people in your home and letting people get to know you and you them. The church is about family. It's about belonging. It's about being a member. And the truth is, so much of the New Testament will not make sense to us if we're not actually belonging to a family that we feel responsible for. You see, this isn't someone else's church. King's Arms isn't someone's church over there. It's not the church. The King's Arms is my family. It's my church. I feel a sense of responsibility to serve and love the people in my King's Arms church family. I wonder whether you feel that. I wonder whether you feel like you're attending or belonging. And the difference between those two things is relationship. We've got to build friends. And I'll suggest to you, we must build friends with people that would not just look like us, but people who are different than us. I want people in my home who are from different backgrounds, different experiences, different ages, because this is part of the glory of the church. We're a family, a multinational family of many ages and stages. And so much of the New Testament will not make sense to us if we're not in relationship. You can't actually really grow as a Christian if you're on a desert island. The way we grow as Christians is to be in family. Just take all the statements in Scripture in the New Testament that encourage us to look after one another. They won't make sense if you're not belonging in a family. Take some of these statements. We are encouraged to love one another, 
Be devoted to one another, honour one another above yourselves, to live in harmony with each other, to build one another up, to be accepting of one another, to care for one another, to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another, to consider others better than ourselves, to look to the interests of others above our own, to pray for one another, to confess your faults to one another. There are many more I could read, but these things won't make sense unless we're actually building friendships that last. I feel very grateful that I've got friends all over the world that are part of my wider church family, but also those in my own church who I know and know me, who I can be honest with, who I can laugh with, who I can cry with. Who are those people for you? This is a moment to dive deeper into friendship because that's what the church is. It's about relationship. So in conclusion, Paul's saying to the Ephesians, you are now God's family. This is what the church looks like. And it's not a perfect family, this side of heaven. There will always be faults. There will always be uh, weaknesses and things for us to work on. I know that not everyone's experience of church family will have been perfect by any means. I recognize that. But on the earth, we are God's family. And you've been born into a community of love and relationship. And this is a moment to both celebrate that but also work on it together. And so think about how you can open your, your homes or your gardens at the moment. Think about how you can care for one another. Think about how you can draw the lonely into family. Think about how you can not just receive, but how you can give in this season, because we are members of his household and citizens of this kingdom. And this is the amazing truth of the gospel. Thank you so much for listening today. Why don't we just take a moment to pray? Yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you that on this day we celebrate that you are our dad, that we are your children, and that wherever we find ourselves watching this today, whatever our background, we have been made one through Christ, and you have now become our everlasting Father, one who will never disappoint us, never let us down. Lord, thank you that you are always strong, you are always reliable, you never change. Lord, your love goes from everlasting to everlasting. Lord, and we just bless you that we, the moment we believed in Jesus, we got grafted into this family of brothers and sisters. And Lord, I just pray today, I pray for any who may be feeling lonely, let your comfort come, Heavenly Father. Lord, for those that are struggling right now, Lord, would you bring your presence, Heavenly Father. Lord, for those who've maybe lost their dads and this is actually maybe a day of grieving and a day of loss, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come near. I think you're close to the brokenhearted. Lord, come to those today who are feeling that sense of loss and remind them that you are their Heavenly Father and that your everlasting arms wrap around us. And then we, we just ask you today for our church family, will you take our church family from strength to strength? Will you cause our relationships to demonstrate to the world that even in great diversity, we are united because of Jesus. Lord, put on display in our towns and our cities that you are the God of multicolored wisdom and that you demonstrate that through your family, the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Well, thank you so much, Phil, for what you've shared today. It's been so, so good. I want to encourage us to really reflect on how God's been getting our attention, particularly I want to think about how can we really be church family together in this season? You know, how can we 
demonstrate love to and build friendships with people who come from maybe different backgrounds, cultures, races, ages, stages of life. You know, how can you uh, really listen to someone's story to really get to know them? And, you know, will you have the courage to really tell your story to others? I think these are the ways that we're really going to be able to grow as a family in this season. So let's go after that together. And if you made the decision to follow Jesus today, uh, you can click on the live prayer button and one of our team would love to chat with you about that. Also, if you would like prayer for anything else, maybe one of the words of knowledge that the online host team shared this morning relates to you, uh, you can also click on the live prayer button and our team would love to pray for you. Thank you so much for being with us today and have a brilliant, brilliant week.